Oops. Go ahead. What's going on? Yeah. Back with what? Back with what? Has fallen finally? No, it's just disappeared it down disappeared. the memory hole. It did? Yeah, whatever happened to Backwood? <laughs> I didn't see a single whatever word on it this week. Just it gone. Was, it was a Never thi- happened. It was a thing until it wasn't a thing anymore. I saw it mentioned once, in fairness. Curveball Kirby, mm. US spokes. What is he now? White House. He's been promoted. White House press spokesperson. Um, telling CNN that Bakhmut was of little strategic importance. Right. That's not what you were saying for three months solid. Okay, whatever. We knew, we knew they were going to say that after the fact. Um, yeah, no, no mention of Bakhmut, but of course, you know, Ukraine's still hot, pretty hot, you know. Um, uh, maybe this is the... <laughs> Maybe this is the counteroffensive. Maybe it isn't. They're still talking up the big counteroffensive. <clears throat> what we saw all week, though, is it looked it struck me as being a, an escalation in the number and types of attacks by Ukraine over the battlefield into Russia proper. Um, mm-hmm. There was a big, big uptick in those attacks last week. Um, one of them kind of lasted, you know, more than 24 hours in the news cycle. We can talk about that in a minute. Uh, there was a drone strike in Krasnodar Thursday, footage of that hitting residential area, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, Saturday, shelling of residential houses in Belgorod. Um, there's some crazy footage. Let's play this. This is also Belgorod region. It's obviously somewhere more remote. As you can see, it's not the city proper, but what crack were they thinking, or smoking rather, when they fired this off? This is an MLRS strike, so it's multiple rocket launcher, you know, pepper a whole wide area with uh, a single uh, launch from a single battery, I guess. I think that's it. I think it might have been a dam. They were trying to hit a dam or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest event probably happened earlier in the week. I think Monday. Maybe this was the <laughs> this was the how do we bury Bakhmut story to to you know keep up the Slava Ukrainian news in the Western media. Um, that was the bizarre attack involving up numbers kept changing up to eighty Ukrainian soldiers. Landed in at an incursion force into Russia proper, yeah. Um, in some small towns just over the border, also Belgorod region. Um, what a shit show this was! The most famous thing people have probably seen this already was you know the result of Russia basically liquidating the entire operation. with streets littered with Humvees, um, <laughs> to which the Americans answered, well, yeah, no, that's not us. But anyway, Ukrainians shouldn't be using that stuff. Um, did I send you? What? I'm not even sure what I sent you. Is that the link I just sent you now? It's the same one, actually. Is it? No, it's not. Hang on now. Yeah, it is the same link, yeah. Same one. Okay, hang on a sec. Yeah, that's it. 
So this was published by RT Tuesday. Um, Russian MOD's footage of them, basically. This was a serious convoy. I mean, like 15 vehicles, 80 soldiers. Go ahead and play it there. It's gone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for about 24, 36 hours, like Western media headlines, you know, about this brave, incredible foray into Russia. And it was mostly an online job, but the rumors being spread around were this was a Russian separatist movement that had risen up within Russia. So, they didn't want it to be a Ukraine versus attack on Russia. They tried to frame yeah, this, yeah. even though they acknowledged they came from within inside Ukraine. Well, it's, so it's a, it's a, this next tweet is an example of a thing that was going viral all Monday and into Tuesday. Hmm. Um, totally, totally just <laughs> – it, it just gives legs to a PR stunt, mm-hmm. and it's obviously false on the face of it. Did, did you get what I just sent you? The picture. Uh, it's a screenshot of a tweet. Okay. Okay, I'll just read it out here. Anyway, so this is like from one of these um, insane uh, war monitoring sites that has thousands of followers. DEFCON Warning System is the name of it. Um, it's reporting Monday last Monday, that Belgorod, Russia, is under attack by separatists, i.e. the Russians. Russia is moving nuclear weapons out of the area. Reports of declaration of independence, i.e. they're trying to spin, for 24 hours, they seriously tried to spin what happened in the Belgorod region as a separatist movement. So they were, i.e. this is like a part of Russia doing what uh, Zaporizhia or Kherson or the other Donbass, now autonomous republics, themselves did mm-hmm. and oh, well at least this this defcon warning system people they put oh that last part is unconfirmed in brackets totally spurious totally bullshit but yeah. it's it's things it's it's uh this is a this is now crystal clear in the beginning of this a year ago you know you could forgive westerners for being a bit oh there it is now okay so look out for this these kind of like objective war monitoring accounts they're bullshit um Many of them. Many of them really are bullshit. They're just like they, they're they're used to see basically Pentagon or mm-hmm. um, British psyop stunts. You know, to give stuff legs and to, to give hope, to give copium basically to pro-Ukraine, Slavo-Ukraini types. So that is that was a great example last week of a real-world situation in Bakhmut coming to a head. The, the actual objective reality that the fa- of the fact that Russia is sixteen times larger than Ukraine, and that even with one hand tied behind his back and using a private military organization, it could take Bakhmut 
not so much, of course, as we explained, it's not so much the taking of the territory as the pushing out of vast numbers of Ukrainian NATO trained soldiers well, with the help of Western support. Well, uh, yeah, killing, that was the objective thing that happened last week. And so what does the NATO slash Pentagon information system do in counterattack? Mm-hmm. It creates a psyop, mm-hmm. a stunt, which has some reality on the ground. There were actually Humvees that went into Russia and, you know, like abducted some locals and got them to swear allegiance to the new separatist republic of Belgorod or something mm-hmm. um, before the Russian... Air Force woke up and went, what? Where? Okay, and blew them all away. The result of which was images of American Humvees all over the streets. Which, you know, oh, a few, yeah. A few. Well, there was like four or five separate ones I saw. Well, there was, yeah, there was Max Pros, a couple of Humvees and a couple of Max Pros. There wasn't that many. It was about 80 people or so, maximum 80 people, with a few armored personnel carriers and um, a couple of tanks and a few, a few Humvees and a few of those Max Pro uh, uh, APCs. But... Um, yeah, um, the whole thing was uh, it's a joke. I mean, everything is a joke these days. Basically, everything is a joke. Literally, everything is everything is propaganda uh, and phony f- phony nonsense. Really, I mean, there's very little. I don't know what somebody should do a, like a percentage of of actual truthful truthful news that appears on any topic on Ukraine, on the US, on anywhere around the world. You know, uh, that isn't in somewhere or other uh, in the mainstream media that isn't in somewhere or other slanted or like seriously slandered it's always been slandered one way or another but these days it has got got to the point that it's just a clown it, it's like I can't take it seriously I can't take any of it seriously and I can't even even people who claim to be um, or who appear to be like um, you know sober you know measured commentators on, on a topic are also clown shoes they're just clowns you know what I mean uh, especially if they're Americans Overwhelmingly, if they're Americans or European commentators on, particularly on Ukraine, but on Ukraine or China or yeah, Russia, anything or outside on, of the realm, anything outside of the realm is like it's they have a massive, massive distortion yeah. uh, to what's actually going on, and it's all about what we want to be true as opposed to what is true, right? Um, because it makes us feel better about ourselves yeah, as yeah. Westerners or Americans. The, they've lived, they've lived for so long high on their own propaganda that they literally can't see reality anymore. You know, and the, and that includes the media, and they just report uh, stuff. And people, I don't think most people understand just how false uh, most of what they hear about major world events actually is from from the media. The reporting they get, they, most people don't understand how massively distorted it is, and it's distorting ordinary people's perception of yeah. the world as well. They're trying to encourage other people <clears throat> to um, to join them in in Mumu Land, you know, where they're where they're their take on reality is just, you know, a joke. Yeah. Um, there was another less intensive psyopy type incident that took place later in the week on Thursday. Again, the real world thing that happened, we can take as a given, yes, this was reported by the Russian Ministry of Defense, but they released video footage of what took place. They reported that um, one of their reconnaissance ships which is part of the Black Sea Fleet, which was not far from Turkey. It was um, on its way south to the Bosphorus Straits. Um, the, the ship's name is the Ivan Chures, um, or Kurs. Uh, they released footage of what they said was the ship, uh, not torpedoing, just sh- shooting at with a mach- heavy machine gun. Th- and they described it as three uh, unmanned drones. Mm-hmm. Basically, in this case, uh, 
obviously waterborne, and they were like speedboats, small speedboats kind of mm. heading towards the ship in a zigzag motion. But it was being strafed by fire, and this one detonates. Um, and I think they described them as explosive-laden speedboats. The point mm-hmm. was to ram the ship to try to sink it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was the, the claim. They had footage to back up the claim. And immediately there was this, this swarm of NAFO jumping on it, especially when they got some, some help along the way from footage from the other side, mm-hmm. the Ukrainian side, saying, no, 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 they didn't, they didn't, they hit, they hit one. Yes, that's their video showing one of these speedboats detonated. Here's another video. Um, they claimed, uh, I, th- I think we, this is worth actually watching for people to get an idea of how good they are at faking shit because this video looked seriously r- real. This is, the, uh, this is Kiev's response to the Russian MOD. They said, no, 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 we have video as well, and it shows the Ivan Shores being hit by one of the speedboats at mm-hmm. least. Um, if it's not in the opening tweet on this thread I've just sent you, Damien, it's, I think it's the second one down. Okay, so that's the Russian one. You can play that. It's quite clear. Kaboom. It's gone. That was May 24th. May 25th. Um, that's my response. Um, if you scroll down one more, this one. So this is a response I got from Null Reports. This is another one of those pro-Ukraine objective war monitoring Twitter accounts. This is the video they got. That's a speedboat being shot at. You see the... Oh, hang on. It's getting real close here. Oh, my. Oh, 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 it's right. Oh, that must have hit it, right? Mm-hmm. And NAFO trolls were like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. The hopium and the copium, they got a real hit from mm-hmm. that, literally. Um, 24 hours later, I noticed there was a splice in the video. The speedboat's footage initially is heading towards the front of the ship and then... Uh, at the end, after the splice, it's at the back. So that made me go, hmm. Now scroll up to the second tweet. This is the Russians the day after that. Scroll up. Oh, sorry, scroll the other way. Up, upwards. Go up the page. Up, yeah. This one, the Sputnik. So uh, we can watch it or not. It's basically footage of the Ivanshore ship returning to port at Sevastopol on Friday. Intact. Not hit. So that footage... The second video is fake. Yeah, you can play that there. Um, well, yeah, it, it, may, to port it may or may not be fake because it's possible that the that the the kamikaze drone. Oh, some nice music. The kamikaze drone, um, unmanned drone, uh, unmanned boat drone. Hit was, it, but didn't it? Yeah, didn't 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 that need you? Okay, it's possible. Yeah, which wouldn't be surprising, you know. Because this is fairly a relatively new, relatively new technology in that in that sense, you know. Um, I mean, they have used, in I think in the Second World War, they used uh, drones, you know, explosive laden kind of unmanned boats and ships as as part of not extensively, but partly in in the Second World War, you know, as a, as a trial or whatever. So it's not something that's not a new idea, but it's certainly not something that has been extensively used uh, in actual, you know, real time situations, you know. So obviously, you're not going to necessarily, you know get it right all the time you know i wonder if that was used for the uss coal they described it as a dinghy suicide attack i.e there was a, no, n- the, a nut or jihadi on the uss coal was um from the inside out yeah it was n- okay. no no it was explosives uh, just uh below the waterline i think um, okay planted 
That was that was an inside job. Like that was okay. that was the US themselves or CIA, whatever, blew up their own ship. They're not averse to blowing up their own stuff, as we know, um, when it served a geopolitical purpose. Uh, yeah. So yeah, um, Bakhmut fell, and it wasn't a big deal. Uh, it used to be a really big deal, but it's only a big deal. It's like it's a it's something that you know any conflict, any any battle. If the Ukrainians appear to win, or the Russians appear to retreat, then that's you know shouted from the rooftops. Um, when the Ukrainians get their asses handed to them and lose, you know, thirty, forty thousand soldiers at least. I mean, Prigozhin. What, what do you, how do you pronounce it? Prigozhin. Prigozhin. Prigozhin uh, published apparently published somewhere anyway a, a list of the amount of people that the amount of Ukrainians and, and the battalions yeah the amount, no the amount of Ukrainian personnel and uh, um, and a list of other equipment basically from tanks planes etc wow. all that kind of stuff that Wagner he claims Wagner have destroyed since uh, the beginning since March 2022 March last year and it's he has something like 72,000 Ukrainian soldiers killed, plus this long list of uh, other equipment all destroyed, um, and that's all in, of Wagner's engagements. Yeah, all of them, all of them engagements. Before, but, and but something Bakhmut. like you know thirty to forty thousand in Bakhmut, somewhere between thirty and forty thousand killed, killed and or is it? Ki- I think it's we, we looked at it last week. Killed actually thirty thousand killed so. and almost twice that uh, injured. Injured, which uh, is your hundred thousand figure, which Biden just claimed he just heard that and flipped it round and everyone no that's not Biden no that's week. not the hundred thousand it's thirty th- it's total sixty thousand say total sixty some thousand okay. thirty thousand killed thirty thousand thirty some thousand killed thirty some thousand injured um that's just in Bakhmut though um that's a very high kill to injury rate though isn't it it's usually like four or five times the well, ratio. that's the commitment of the Ukrainians yeah. they send the injured ones back in <sighs> who knows um yeah, so, and then it all goes quiet, basically, except, yeah, obviously, well, like you said, they divert the the thing to, I mean, it's it, just LARPing. It's, it's, it's information-wise, it goes quiet, but it, there's still, like, busy business going on. Uh, ben Wallace went to Kiev last week, British Defence Secretary, mm-hmm. quote, in an attempt to personally find out what is happening with Zeluzhny and to personally assess the readiness of the Ukrainian armed forces for mm-hmm. a large-scale offensive. Um, so does Lindsey Graham. Last week, yeah, for about the sixth time in the last year, he loves going to Kiev. The creep. Um, this has kind of gone viral, even in the mainstream, which is you know rare. But I'm glad them. It was so vile what he said there that I think it's actually shocking. The believers, yeah, they're a bit like. Do you remember when Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton made that statement about Muhammad Gaddafi? I think ordinary Clintonites heard that and went. That's really twisted. That's not how I would feel about this, much less what I would say about it. Right. You know, we came, we saw he died. Ha, 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 ha. Mm. So this is there. Let's watch this. Um, this is Lindsey Graham this week. I suppose what he was trying to say to Zelensky was, we've got your back no matter what happens. It's unconditional. He was trying to, in his vile, psychopathic way, he was mm. trying to express unconditional love. Mm-hmm. But this is what came out. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are down. So the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Best investment ever made. Best investment. Ah, they only showed a bit of it. Hmm? He goes on to next say, 
something like we get to kill Russians. No, he says Russians are dying. Oh, he did he, say he that. He just said that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. Yeah. That's that, not the first time he said it. Last year. That's the southern gentleman right there. Uh, likes a bit of death. Likes a bit of Russian death. You know. Um. Well, this is something that those critics in dissenting voices, mostly conservative type, uh, not just in the US but in Europe as well, need to get their, into their heads. They're, they think that it's to be skeptical of the war is to amplify and highlight and point out that Ukraine is a money laundering scheme, it's a waste of money. When we spend trillions in Ukraine but we don't have enough for housing programs or social programs at home. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they think that it's a sink in the sense that uh, it's a complete waste of money. I don't, they don't see there's no gain for this at all. No, in Lindsey Graham's head, he, this is not the first time he's expressed that mm-hmm. from a material financial point of view. This is the, I believe him when he says that this is the best money the United States government has ever spent. We're getting to have a punching war with Russia mm-hmm. where literally you are the gloves for us mm-hmm. and we don't get... You're the head that's getting punched. <laughs> You're the head that's getting punched, yeah. And we get to order you to go here with our HIMARS, with our Humvees, with our Storm Shadow cruise mm-hmm. missiles, mm-hmm. Um, with our Patriots. And, yeah, yeah. and not uh, on paper, a, not a single American gets killed. Yeah, it's a dream come true for, for, for a, a warmongering kind of um, cold, country. Cold country. warrior type. Yeah. Who always saw the... The evil commies, as, yeah, yeah, you know. and, and but mad, you know, mutually assured destruction, preventing you from ever really going and to any significant lengths, actually having any kind of direct contact with 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 your evil ideological enemy. And now you've got this this third party that's willing to just like suck it up, you know, and keep going, and it seems to just keep snorting, keep snorting the propaganda. You feed them, you know what I mean, and and you know, we can keep this going until literally until the last Ukrainian, technically, you know what I mean. If, if their propaganda is so. So well received, it seems, and so powerful that um, you know they could they could like have you know get conscript the women soon, you know, and get the women in there and get them all. You know, there might be actually literally no Ukrainians, <laughs> no Ukrainians left. You know, uh, if they had their way, you know, in, in their you know uh, fanciful ideal world, every single Ukrainian would die fighting Russia, and then well, you lost your entire population, but. Pfft, Ah, tough shit. Yeah, I'm sure you rebuild eventually, but geez, we, we certainly give the Russians a hard time over that. You know, 20 years that we were fighting that yeah. war, uh, Ukraine war. Um, it was great. Yeah. Um, we made a lot of money. We like we got those Europeans uh, to, to offload all of their American um, old American military supplies that were doing nothing. That were just rusting away, type thing. Or you know, expensive to to, to keep them. You know. Uh, maintained all the kind of stuff. F-16s, for example. Can't wait till those F-16s get over into Ukraine, you know, because they'll all be shot down. Uh, they'll all be, you know, taken out of storage in European countries. These are American planes taken out of storage. And then, of course, the Americans or the Europeans have to buy nice, shiny new ones, you know. So there's a lot of money to be made in this situation, you know. Um, and that's another reason why it's the best best investment that uh, people like Lindsey Graham yeah. have ever made, on behalf of the American people, of course, because yeah, yeah. they're investing in American tax dollars. In this, um, and yeah, part of the entire package is German industry moving to the United States. Right. Um, but you've got no more cheap Russian gas. Sorry, we blew up Nord Stream. Come on over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, 
that's a great statement. It's really like pushing the envelope on it. Uh, Russia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson Maria Zakharova commenting on this um, evil quip by Lindsey Graham um, by mentioning that uh, during the Nuremberg trial, the Minister of Economics for the Nazi regime, Hjalmar Schacht, um, also stated that the sponsorship of the Third Reich had come from abroad and named the two largest American corporations at the time, Ford and General Motors. Mm-hmm. An unspoken deal was made with him, freedom in exchange for his silence. Despite the protests of the Soviet representatives in Nuremberg, Schacht was released and lived to be 93 years old. Uh, I suppose that's her oblique. But, you know, pertinent comparison to then and now. I mean, there, there, there are Nazi comparisons to be made between the two wars, essentially the two conflicts. Mm-hmm. Um, to what extent did the, the U.S. fund the Nazi war machine? Quite a big extent. Not, it's not the whole package, but, but Brit- Britain and um, Bank of England, certainly, was involved. Uh, Schacht was very close to then. Was he head of the Bank of England? No. It must have been the U.S. Treasury Secretary Morgenthau. All through the 1920s, he was basically a protege of mm-hmm. uh, Western central bankers. Yeah, we're we're kind of we are kind of reliving. Just, There's just, a similar dynamic, yeah. and now, of course, they're flipping it around. The media now are slipping around where, no, 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 now it's Russism that's Nazism. It's mm-hmm. the Russian playing the Hitler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. if you see through that bullshit, this is closer to the replay of history. Right. If that's what it is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's similar to what wars have always been, which is that certain powerful, the racket, powerful, yeah, powerful, wealthy uh, you know, individuals or institutions who, who finance the war on both sides, basically. They're, 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 it's, it's a racket, yeah. It's for it's designed to make money. It's designed to, first and foremost, make a lot of money, but also to, you know, change geopolitical power dynamics within certain regions of the globe, whatever, so that, you know, I mean, if you can destroy or throw, embroil a country in a, in a major conflict and there's a lot of death and destruction, it's... Vulture capitalism, right? It's like it's, the opportunity is ripe afterwards to move in and you know make deals, and so it's um, it's so in chaos so that you can profit from it, basically. Um, so Graham's glee there is financial, mostly. Yeah, and and, and ideological, you know. Okay. Um, you know, we get, and it's also protectionist in that respect, where they think that they're uh, they're bolstering. U.S. hegemony, global hegemony, are, are keeping it propped up. Um, for his grandkids, if yeah, he has any. Well, for himself know. primarily, I'd say, just to keep... Because, I mean, his position, him being able to fly around the world, meet you know, Zelensky and be faded there, and you know, his, his position and his, his uh, notoriety, let's say, is all based on uh, America being, you know, in the position that it's in, that it has been in the past, let's say, 100 years or so, which is the global hegemon. You know, you're representative of, representative of the of the best the best team, basically. You know, um, if the wind was blowing in a certain direction, where you you were going to take a your country and you know was going to take a hit in that respect and going to be downgraded, you know, in in many different ways on the global on the global scene um, and become a kind of second rate country. Well, then you're a second rate politician by definition as well. You know, yeah. 
You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's narcissism and, you know, self-absorption. It's, you know, you don't see many, you know. What about like the, who's Lindsey Graham? He's a politician, right? Just a politician, right? Mm, yeah. <clears throat> he's more like just a politician. Yeah, he's not, he is. He's not in government, right? So how many politicians from Guatemala do you see in the news? From just a politician in the I don't, Guatemala? I don't ever. You don't ever ever hear about well, them. Well, I might. You, you don't get something the, has to happen. They though. don't get in the media though. No, just no. when they go on a visit, like to. I know they exist. Well, why don't they go? Why hasn't? Why aren't we hearing about uh, a politician from Guatemala uh, showing up in Kiev and meeting Zelensky? The no money. Hmm. That's or no money to give. Yeah. No influence to peddle. Right. right. So yes, what I'm saying is America is going to become Guatemala, <laughs> Banana become Republic. the equivalent of Guatemala. It's on its, uh, well on its way, in some respect, um, which is not fair to Guatemala because they're probably got, probably on the up, you know. There was an interesting uh, video I saw. Where where's the video from? Um, just throw this one up. Uh, I posted this. It was from uh, oh, it's a CNN. That's right. Yeah, it was on CNN. I was browsing CNN as a seldom do um, God help you and I saw just play this video it's um, it's a CNN exclusive about hang on a second uh, just pause there it's a CNN exclusive of um, the training by western individuals military individuals from western countries training Ukrainians on how to well have a listen so after three or four days in the cold, if you're leaving it outside or there's no heating, these will last probably three weeks. Ukrainian troops get a lesson on covert bomb making. And that goes through your battery. British explosives and counterinsurgency specialists pass on decades of know-how to soldiers already well-versed in normal frontline combat. But killing these somebody, killing are no people. ordinary bombs. They are secret weapons in Ukraine's clandestine arsenal to kill Russians on Ukrainian land. If we have a high priority target, Back we will of course use a... So, after three or four days in the cold, if you're leaving it outside or there's no heating, these will last probably three weeks. Pause there. After three or four days, if uh, with, there's no heating and you're leaving outside in the cold, um, these will last about three or four weeks. He sounds a bit like you. He sounds a bit like me. That's because that guy is was from, that you? That was me. That that guy is from Northern Ireland, and that just that's what it is. It popped up. His accent is from Northern Ireland, and of course they mention um, this is uh, he's a counterinsurgency specialist from Northern Ireland. I wonder where he got his experience from. A, a specialist in murdering people. His, his, and he's given Ukrainian soldiers uh, a lesson in covert bomb making um, and passing on decades of know-how in killing people and blowing up property, showing the Ukrainians just how it's done. Uh, of course, chances are this guy, given his accent and where he's from, that he uh, he's a terrorist. This man is literally a terrorist. Um, a British terrorist. He's a a British terrorist from Northern Ireland, and he was most likely, he, you know, the, the knowledge he personally has or was passed on to him, which, that he's that was developed, that he is sharing, 
uh, was very likely gained as part of um, the British government's dirty war in Northern Ireland during the 1970s and 80s and 90s, uh, when people like this individual who's, who's speaking there um, covertly used bombs to kill innocent people and blow up buildings. Uh, very often these were attacks and bombings and murders in, in the UK carried out by people like him, members of the British establishment that were then blamed on the IRA um, as part of the so quote-unquote dirty war or the covert counterinsurgency war that they were um, waging against the IRA in Northern Ireland, like I said, during the 70s, 80s and 90s. Um, so, and now it's wonderful because you'll be able to share that wonderful knowledge with uh, the Ukrainians and teach them how to... Um, yeah. And the British, the British reporter narrating over it. Yeah. In no way sort of has no self-awareness that maybe he ought to present this in a, a kind of nuance, you know, this is a war after all. No, he's like decades of experience in killing people. Mm. Now they will get to kill Russians. Oh, yeah. like he expects the listeners to actually share that fucking emotional vibration with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, dude, you psycho. Um, on this point, this popped up in the Wall Street Journal this week. Um, I'm not sure you'll be able to open this. It could be behind a paywall, Damien. If not, I have the quote anyway. People should be able to see the headline. Um, the British are maybe going too far. Well, who knows? We saw Lindsey Graham's loving the, the killing of Russians, but I do wonder sometimes. This headline suggests that the US and the UK are split on the Ukraine war. Byline, the British are more assertive, the Americans more worried about provoking Russia. Possibly true, possibly BS, posturing, whatever, whatever. That sentiment could be the case. So if you scroll down, um, do, do a word search for um, SSR, initials S. Oh, you won't be able to. It's behind a paywall. Okay, well, people can check it out, or um, I'll post a link to it from somewhere else probably after the show. So there's a quote in it, right? Special forces, like the British terrorists we just um, heard gleefully, training Yukis on how to kill Russian civilians, or, or military ostensibly. Uh, special forces from the British Army's SAS and SRR regiments, remember them? Mm -hmm. SRR, mm -hmm. created after 9-11. Um, probably the assassins of Charles Menendez, the Brazilian guy who was working on the mm -hmm. London Tube just before 7-7 attacks. Special forces from the British Army's SAS and SRR regiments and the Navy's SBS Units are operating very close to the front lines in Ukraine, mm -hmm. serving as key interlocutors between NATO intel officer efforts and Ukrainian forces. Mm -hmm. Now, this was picked up by the Russians themselves, and on the basis of this, um, specifically citing this Wall Street Journal report, uh, Russia is now threatening to cut to, to fucking sever ties with the UK, like... It's done. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how... This is like... This is where it goes next. If you want to talk about an escalation, you start closing the embassy. It's not just that you're kicking diplomats out in a tit for tat. Mm -hmm. You just pack the whole thing down altogether. Headline in RT, Russia could cut diplomatic ties with the UK. And they're citing the Russian foreign ministry on this. Um, paragraph two, the Wall Street Journal reported last week, the quote I just read out about British Special Forces operating close to the front line, training Ukrops in basically terrorist activities. Mm -hmm. 
And the reply by the Russian Foreign Ministry to RT Friday said, we're well aware of these consistent efforts by London aimed at provoking military, uh, providing military assistance to the neo-Nazi regime in Kiev. We can't rule out that the British participated in the planning and organization of support of terror attacks carried out by Kiev on the territory of Russia, not least the blitz of attacks we saw this last week. Um, where exactly do they threaten to cut ties? Scroll down a bit more. Oh, I can't remember where it says it in here. It says it loudly in the headline anyway. That would be where this goes next. Like, um, it wasn't just the UK. I think the elsewhere, I think I saw a Russian media report. Like, we've, we've just about had it with Poland, um, possibly Finland as well or something, or maybe one of the Baltic states. Um, and we're thinking of just closing embassies altogether. Okay, it's another escalation. It's another so what, blah. But that historically is the next step before the missiles start flying. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe history doesn't repeat exactly. I know hot war can't go to mutually assured destruction, nuclear war, blah, 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 and they won't do that. But that's where we're at. Yeah. I think they they think that it's all manageable these days. You know, to a large extent, it's... Like we were saying, it's war is a racket. They're doing it. None of it's personal. Um, at least those in the US don't see it as uh, this isn't personal necessarily. Against, uh, despite all their rhetoric, anti-Russian rhetoric, and Putin's a dictator and an evil person, blah blah blah. None of it's personal. You know, they're in it for themselves and their own personal profit and self-aggrandizement and you know, uh, American American supremacy. Basically, that's that's what they're they're pushing, which is all like I said, personally motivated. Um, and they're playing a game, you know. I mean, there's it's it's for it's not for no reason that uh, Brzezinski called the, you know, the previous uh, the, the the previous wars between great powers as as the the great game and calling it and or, or or the grand chessboard, you know. Um, it's hard to get into the heads of these people um, in, in terms of seeing it in that way, but. If you look at the way they act, the way Lindsey Graham was, you know, just smiling and laughing, saying, yeah, it was a great investment. You know, you're talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of dead Ukrainians. And he's saying, ah, oh, it's a fantastic investment. Love it, love it. I wish I could find more investments like this around the world. You know, yeah. Tim is just like an investment, you know. And none of it's personal. These people live in this kind of rarefied atmosphere, uh, in this, you know, very detached reality where, um, and it, where, where none, of that's, none of that means the same thing that it means to you and me or the average person in the street you know we, we kind of there's a lot of supposed hand wringing or, or pearl, pearl clutching over over people dying yeah. and it's a terrible thing but for him it's like this is the way the world always was and yeah. always will be and it's you know and he, he's just a, a descendant of people who many people have come before him who had exactly the same perspective on conflict uh, and of course there's intel agencies in the west who have been you know fomenting these kind of wars and waging these kind of wars these kind of proxy wars for quite a long time for you know most of the last kind of century and um it's part of the course it's it's politics it's what's the phrase uh, war is politics by by another means yeah um, that's that's the way they um they see it you know um yeah so people uh until they're paying a price <laughs> yeah but when they start to see that, that it might go wrong for them they basically just back out you know they just walk away <clears throat> yeah and uh and they can flip the script. They can uh, 
flip could flip the script script on Russia uh, uh, whenever they want. You know, Russia could at any point be brought back into the international community by these people. That's how they see it. They, they see themselves as holding all the cards, effectively. You know what I mean? Um, and that at any moment they could just put one over on the population, and within six months, let's say. Uh, everybody would have forgotten about Putin the dictator and evil Russia and, you know, it could be the G8 again and Putin would be shaking hands with uh, Macron and uh, and Biden and who, or whoever is in, is in power and that's the way they see it. I'm not saying that's, that's the way it's going to go but that's the way yeah. they see it. This is all just... Yeah, yeah. And that's why it comes across as a joke and, and kind of clown shoes and kind of like... Almost like it's unreal in a certain sense because it is unreal. There's a big there's a big gap between the way these politicians and intel operatives who are actually waging these con- these conflicts, fomenting and, and, and waging these conflicts, um, between the, the between the way they see it and the way they they respond to it, and the way the average person does. Uh, and in fact, they encourage a different response in the average person to their own response. They want people. That's what propaganda is, right? They want people to do the pearl clutching and the hand wringing and oh, and, and buy into the evil, you know, goodies versus baddies, that kind of stuff, when they don't see it that way at all. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's this disconnect between when people have that, 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 those thoughts and ideas and feelings about a certain, certain situation, certain conflict that's encouraging them by the media. And then they look at what politicians, how politicians talk about it, and there's this kind of like, you know, they sound like they're lying, or they sound like they're they're they they're not. They're enjo- they sound like they're enjoying suffering, right? They're not enjoying. They're they're not they're using the right words. If you know what I mean. There's there's a, there's some disconnect there, you know, and it makes people think this is all one big like kind of yeah. show, you know. Well, you and remind is- me of Madeleine Albright in the 1990s, right? She's asked, "Do you think?" She's told by the reporter, you know, see the UN reports that half a million. Children have died as a result, a direct result of the United States sanctions against Iraq. Mm-hmm. And she said, reflects for a minute, she says, do you, do you think the price was worth it? Yes, I think the price was worth it. Yeah. And the same woman was told about, um, the same woman was said, oh, was it her? No, it was uh, Barbara Bush. Barbara Bush was asked about the same conflict, about, well, about the, the first Gulf War and um, under Bush senior, and um, she was asked about body bags coming home, dead American soldiers coming home, and she she kind of interrupted and said, "Listen, I, I don't think I should um, kind of um, upset. I don't know if she said upset something like upset my beautiful mind by talking about body bags, by thinking about body bags. Right? right. It's it's nothing to do with me, you know. Um, yeah. This is all. This is what human beings do. We're here. We the politicians are here just to go, rule over." the ordinary people in this world. And every now and again, the ordinary people in this world decide that they want to go to war with each other and kill each other. And it's always been that way. And who are we? We're just facilitating it. We facilitate it and and encourage it maybe. Well, no, we won't won't admit that. But yes, that's what happens. But anyway, that's just what happens. And, you know, it's not a big deal, Neil. You know, just detach yourself from it all and and keep your eye on the money. Another um, update from, I know... The Russian Ministry of Defense last week, this time on bio warfare and engineering viruses as a weapon against people. Who would ever do such a thing? Um, great Twitter account, people should follow this guy, clandestine 
So he's commenting on the publication. You can see the source there, Russian um, MFA. I think that's the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, actually, um, with slides and everything. Uh, so the summary is that the Russian military collected bioweapons samples um, this biosphere reserve in Kherson region of avian flu strains with the ability to cross species barrier and with, I presume they claim, a human lethality rate of 40%. Okay. Um, tweet number two in this thread. Russian military shows evidence of the United States Department of Defense funding for the studying of bird migration at various biolabs in Ukraine, alleging that the U.S. has contingencies to use bird migration to spread highly lethal human-engineered pathogens from Ukraine. Not the first time I've heard that, actually. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was the Russians before this all kicked off. Mentioned that as a possibility. Um, Tweet number three, the U.S. military is actively studying these economically significant infections. I wonder if that's the actual term they have in the American documents the Russian military has published, because that would again speak to what we've just said, economically significant infections and how they would see such a thing. Because the rest of us are like, no, no one would do that. Uh, Actually, they would, and they would do it for economic reasons. They would do it not so much to wipe out a rival population because uh, they would be aware that if it infects one ethnicity here, mm-hmm. it's likely to cross mm-hmm. into other species and come home and bite us in the ass. But it can cause enough of a problem and sickness in an area so as to depress it economically. So mm. that's a longer-term game, and mm. that would be how they see it. Yeah. You know? um, the, yeah, so I'll just finish there. The U.S. military is actively studying these economically significant infections outside the national territory, is that Ukraine? In biolabs located along the borders of ge- geographical, uh, geopolitical adversaries. Well, those uh, spokesman for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, is, I don't think we showed this last week, but it was from, it's from a couple of weeks ago. I posted on Twitter. It's um, the spokesman for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, in China. Chinese. I won't, right. I won't pronounce his name. You can, uh, you can look at it there. Uh, just click on the link below on the actual... Yeah, okay. Um, there's his name at the top. Uh, and he just po- he tw- tweeted this. <laughs> Are they, yeah, well, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson, uh, that's him, um, on May 10th. The Pentagon has reportedly made plans for hitting opponents with genetically engineered weapons. The genomic data of Asian, Chinese, European, Aryans, and Middle Eastern Arabs, all on a list to be collected by the US military. He just, like, threw that one out there and, meh, there you go. But that's China, so it's all lies, right? Um, and then, that obviously, when you, you read that and you think about COVID, <clears throat> you know, um, genetically engineered weapons, that's a technically, effectively what, what COVID, what SARS-CoV-2 was. It's a genetically engineered weapon. It's a genetically engineered virus that was used as a weapon. Um, it was more global in, in scope. Obviously, it wasn't ethnically specific, but um, it gives you an idea that the, the Chinese government is clearly aware of this um, possibility of this being a clear and present danger and something that the Americans have been working on and thinking about doing 
probably for quite a long time. So when it answers the question of what what, what happened in, in in Wuhan in uh, February, January February uh, 2020, uh, when they <clears throat> supposedly the Chinese freaked out, you know, and locked had this severe lockdown. That then the West went, oh, that's a good idea. Um, but the Chinese clearly saw it as a as a bioweapon uh, initially. That's why they had that, that response. And in fact, uh, other Euro- European countries also saw it as a bioweapon. The ones that weren't in the know, let's say Italy, for example, uh, which was the first I mean, the first real uh, you know, con- country in, in in Europe that was affected by SARS-CoV-2. <coughs> they um, they clearly activated their bioweapon protocols um, when they immediately started uh, using military. Military transport, military personnel, military transport, military transport to take bodies from from morgues, um, and that obviously that increased the that facility or led to the fear factor and the, yeah. the 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 fear and loathing that was going on at the time, and then that and that continued on that spread, yeah. and they ran with it, and they said, "Listen, this is good," and like as a, as the I think it was Brazilian, uh, actually Bolsonaro, I think said yeah. it. He said that uh, in the aftermath, a, a year or two after the COVID, quote-unquote, uh, pandemic. That wasn't really... Uh, he said that the Western countries got a taste for totalitarianism. They got a taste for authoritarianism or authoritarian rule uh, as a result of, of of COVID, that it provided them the opportunity to dabble with authoritarianism and totalitarianism. And, they, and the scary thing is that they actually liked it. They all enjoyed it. Of course they enjoyed it. Um, but it, it was all... The source of it was the fact, you know, so... The point is, the source was a genetically uh, engineered virus, uh, probably engineered in Fort Dix uh, or Fort Detrick. In um, is it Fort Dix or Fort Detrick? Dix is like a slang. Yeah, Fort Detrick. Right. Is it? Is it? Is that the same, same, same place? place. Then, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So Fort uh, Fort Detrick, and um, it was dropped off in China as a as a bioweapon. Yeah. But but it yeah. had a global. It had the intent was global, obviously. Yeah, um, to impose a global totalitarian lockdown. Um, I want to come back to an earlier thing you were saying, just there, that can, gets lost. I think when people come down on one side or the other, no, 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 that's all conspiracy theory, or they go full conspiracy theory. It was all a scam. It's a scamdemic, right? Mm. They missed an important detail, which is that. The biowarfare protocols that were rolled out for this thing to work at the time in February, March, April 2020 were genuine. Mm. So when Italy has people in hazmat suits mm. and their military vehicles lining up to collect bodies because mm. no one wants to go to the morgue or mm. doctors don't want to go to hospitals or anything, mm-hmm. it was genuine. Mm. I think it was genuine on the part of most people, actual functionaries yes, in the government at the time. The who, yeah. so it was so genuine that they were so desperate, the Italian government, even though Russia was already persona non grata in the West as a result of 2014 and Kiev and Crimea and all that, mm. appealed to and got help from. The Russians sent an emergency team over mm-hmm. to help them investigate mm-hmm. what was going on. They genuinely didn't know. That's what people, when they get into that, they just dismissed, well, it was all a scandemic. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to it. They People in power at the time weren't sure whether there was nothing to it. That's why China's reaction was genuine. Yeah. That's why Iran's was genuine and Italy's. Mm-hmm. 
after that, it gets dodgy because there's a, a several month lag when Washington and London suddenly go full lockdown. Mm-hmm. By which point, China's already published enough papers to show that the thing is bloody mundane. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, minor detail. But uh, the more general point: Can you remember who it was that first even went into this? territory, this idea, this notion at all, that there would be people out there dreaming up bioweapons, ideally ethnic-specific bioweapons, mm-hmm. to use on people. Who, who that surely, was that yourself who put that together for the original science page mm. 20-something years ago, mm. the ethnic-specific bio- weapons? Mm-hmm. No one else would talk about that. That was just one kooky conspiracy site and now here we are 20 some years later and the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs yeah. is tweeting it yeah because it's yeah a, yeah yeah it's happening you know well I think they, they all have known that it's been something that research has been yeah. conducted, in for a very, conducted into it for a very long time it's as, but the general as, public was just recently introduced yeah now. yeah I mean it's something as, it's as old as genomics right it's as old as, as you know you can bet your ass that as soon as they kind of isolated were able to basically conduct genetic experiments uh, and isolate genomes and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can bet that from the get-go, somebody went, hey, we could use this, couldn't we? Could? But obviously, you know, as technology develops, the ability to use it uh, increases um, over, the, over the years. And, you know, we got to the point where it's probably quite a long time ago that they were able to, to do, you know, to, mo- to obviously to modify. It is a long time ago that they were able to modify viruses. I'm talking like, I don't know exactly, like say 20, 30 years at least. <clears throat> uh, but it's 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 only in the past, it was only in 2020 that someone uh, in the in the intel agencies in, in the US decided that it was... Time to use time, it. Time, to, time yeah. to do something with this, you know. It got in the news this week. What did? Uh, is that fair? No, it got into the internet this week. Hmm. The The whole banana about the pandemic and that it originates in Fort Detrick. Um, people, we won't play it here because this presentation is 20 minutes long, but it's got millions of views. Um, you've probably seen this. If you haven't, this is David Martin, the American Dickie Bow wearing guy who's been, you know, mm-hmm. speaking out about COVID origins since this all began. Speaking um, as part of a panel at the European Parliament in mm-hmm. Brussels this week. Um, Kim.com's picked up one quote from what he said, COVID-19 was an act of biological warfare perpetrated on the human race. It was a financial heist. Nature was hijacked. Science was hijacked. Mm-hmm. I found a, a one media report about this presentation at the European Parliament. Um, it's Hong Kong's English language daily tabloid. There isn't a single, they just ignored it. They literally ignored it. There is not a single European or American or Anglophone, the English-speaking world, um, article about this presentation. So this is the headline the Hong Kong Standard went with. It indeed is what Martin said in his presentation. U.S. intentionally released COVID virus in Wuhan, EU summit told. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the truth is out there, but, Jesus, it's just ignored. 
Yeah, the reason the Chinese know that obviously and known it from from the get go. That's why, they, like I said, they activated their biowarfare biowarfare protocols and, and responded in the way that they did. Um, they've no, they knew from the get go that this was um, gene- genetically engineered and that it was very likely the Americans who had dropped it on their doorstep. But the Chinese have never they've alluded to it. In fact, over the in, over the past couple of years, the Chinese I don't know if it's a Probably the Ministry of Foreign Affairs have asked questions about. They've even spoken not just on Twitter, but they've spoken openly about uh, asking the US to investigate Fort Detrick and you know investigate the origins, the actual origins of this virus. Except they've, they've alluded to it, but they don't want to make too much of a stink about it because uh, it would expose the fact that they were very foolish in allowing, um, or maybe they don't have a lot of control themselves. The Chinese, I don't know, um, in terms of uh, that kind of research. Um, that gain of function research that that goes on in various labs around the world, but also uh, notably in Wuhan and in other places in China, in collaboration with Western uh, scientists. You know, uh, obviously you have Fauci and the NIH funding um, this kind of research in Wuhan, which is a bit of a, a red herring in a certain sense because that kind of research goes on has gone on normally. You know, there was a moratorium placed on it back in 2016 I think or 17 or, or maybe 14 and then it was it was lifted three years later because you know the idea that gain of function research is a really bad idea is a fairly strong argument but it was lifted again um, but I don't know if even the moratorium I'm sure the actual research never really stopped um, and you know so it's something that has been going on for for quite a long time and it's it's obviously got a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of sketchy stuff about it in terms of at least just in if only on the theory that you're uh, you're weaponizing or, or making viruses more dangerous and in, in, in specifically in the case of gain of function it's nearly always to make them make viruses that aren't transmissible to humans transmissible to humans so it's, a, it's just it sounds like a really bad idea right just on first blush to anybody but of course they have their narratives about how we have to do this because it's going to happen naturally anyway. So we got to get there, get yeah. get in first yeah, and find ahead of it. see what's going to happen. And so we get can ahead of this thing and develop a vaccine for it or something. Uh, it's not like a self fulfilling prophecy anyway. That's uh, that's their narrative, and the Chinese have been involved in that. You know, uh, in yeah. that kind of function research. So like, the Chinese government probably doesn't want to talk too much or too openly or too loudly about the origins of 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 COVID of SARS CoV two because. <clears throat> It does, it's not that it was. It came out of a lab in China. It was the Chinese, the China's fault that it escaped, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as I've said, it's most likely that it was. It came. It was developed in the U.S. and brought to uh, Wuhan with the international military games in uh, September, October, twenty nineteen, um, and it took off from there. But there is a whole. It would. It become very. Acrimonious, let's say, or there'll be a lot of you know recriminations maybe thrown around about China's the extent of China's uh, association and involvement with gain of function research with American and other and British and European um, research institutes and taking money and all that kind of stuff. It would it wouldn't go down. It's a bit PR like, point of view for, yeah. the, for the Chinese public in the current climate. It wouldn't go down very well. Let's say it, w- it would expose the fact that is is it a bit like. The U.S. government and Israeli government, vis-à-vis 9/11, if one of them was to start pushing the other one out of the boat, right, they'd both be screwed. They're all so there's mutually assured ideological destruction. Right. If, well, that was my question. I mean, that that's why you understand why people kind of 
tend to have their, their knee-jerk reaction is not e- either trying to do this or they're all in it together. And, I, and I'm not going to, you know, ever like take China's side in this or see China as the victim in this. Mm. Um, so I, I, I completely sympathize. Like, I mean, the head of the Chinese CDC was on that panel for the um, exercise 201 pandemic that mm-hmm. Bill Gates, mm-hmm. Bill and Melinda Gates organization was running not just one of them. I mean, several of them in the lead up to 2019, 2020. Yeah. Um, George Gao, the guy. Now, interesting, he retired, or was he pushed out um, not long after the actual pandemic broke out? Is he operating kind of on his own steam or is he fully like, I'm, the, I'm, I'm here as part of the CCP and I'm working hand in glove with the Bill and, Mil- Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You can see why people jump up. And how do you put a paper between? They're all as guilty as each other. You yeah. Know? Except those are, most of those people are all just useless, useful, useful idiots, you know. Um, they're tools, you know. Uh, they all get involved in that. They, they like the fact they're invited to it and they're, you know, they're, they're at event 201 you know gaming the situation where you have a coronavirus release I mean it's like <laughs> it's so funny like because it it, it 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 posits there being a group above and beyond groups like that that organize event 201 they would not have done that publicly they wouldn't have had an event 201 publicly where they actually talked about and they you know they had the whole exercise scenario where they had <clears throat> people pretending to be news anchors and stuff and then they had yeah, the actual yeah. people around the table and stuff you know gaming it out here you know announcing like pretend news stories saying you know a, a coronavirus you know a deadly coronavirus has broken out here whatever blah 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 and and how we respond to it all those people are tools they have no idea what's going on but and but the funny thing is that there's a group beyond that yeah that watches that kind of stuff happening and then in a certain sense drops those people in it you know, creates a situation where they look like they might be complicit of something. Do you know what I mean? Imagine yeah. you just have a normal, a normal, you know, event. It, and it was a relatively normal event, uh, as far as those kind of events go. Like normal, like you know, talking about of which there have been hundreds since nine eleven. There've been bio warfare attack drills like all over the place. Right, all of Lower Manhattan's right. closed right. for these things for three days. Right. You imagine having one of those that ha- presents a certain scenario. You've, your team has put together a scenario of, say, like a bio, a bio weapon attack or, or a chemical weapon attack or something in New York City, and what we do about it. And there's certain people watching that know that event because it takes months and months to plan it. So they know that event is being planned. It's going to be quite public. It's going to be reported in the news, <clears throat> and they decide drop in the, the real thing. To just drop it in and just have it. And out. those people who are involved are like, "Holy shit! How did that happen? What? What?" Are we like Swiss? I still remember the surprise of Peter Powers. Mm. He was um, in private Intel security, um, and he was doing security. He was his company was basically organizing the drill Mm -hmm. for a multi-site terror attack on the London Tube to be done, carried out on the morning of July seventh, two thousand and five. Yep. And he's then after the after the real thing happens, he's then telling Sky News, "I was just sitting there and we were doing the drill, and next thing I'm told this has really happened." And he's like, "Like it was it was obviously dropping on him." Of course, people then this this clip of him saying that went viral. Boom, he's complicit. Right. See, he's in on the no. He had it dropped on him. Yeah, listen, have a listen to it here. 
issue. Uh, today we were running an exercise for a company, bearing in mind I'm now in the private sector, and we sat everybody down in the city, a thousand people involved in the whole organization, but the crisis team, and the most peculiar thing was we based our scenario on the simultaneous attacks on the underground and mainline station. So we had to suddenly switch an exercise from fictional to real. And one of the first things is, get that bureau number, when you have a list of people missing, tell them. And so it took a long to, time. Just to get this right, you were actually working today on an exercise that envisioned yes. virtually this scenario. Uh, almost precisely. I was up until 2 o'clock this morning because it, it's our job, my own company, Visor Consultants, we specialise in helping people to get their crisis management response. How do you jump from slow time thinking to quick time doing? And we chose a scenario with their assistance which is based on a terrorist attack because they're very close to uh, a property occupied by Jewish businessmen. They're in the city and there are more American banks in the city than there are in the whole of New York. A logical thing to do. And it, I've still so got how, the... I was going to say, how extraordinary today <laughs> must feel for you as, as it unfolds. Yeah. You, you mentioned a few moments ago there our experience with Irish Republican terrorism. Yeah. And of yeah. course it, it was very different, wasn't it? Because however oh perverted their behaviour... cut it there. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, quite you, peculiar. Talk about, talk about conspiracy theory. Uh, that's that's got to be the cons if you go with that. It, that's just how it happened. That's that's the coincidence theory yeah, to beat yeah. them all. I know. Can you imagine? You're doing. Yeah. You're running a, a scenario on uh, three precise tube stations, right? And it actually happens that day. So, how do you explain that? In a, in a rational way, how do you explain that in, in a rational world? How, and if you understand how the world works and you understand British intelligence and you understand the war on terror and the origin, the nature of the war on terror, um, well, well it, obviously it, the people. It, <laughs> people if who COVID carried, showed us anything, is that there are large numbers of people who will seamlessly flip. They, for, for them, they can be told by CNN that we're now not in the new normal. Or, sorry, we are now in a new normal. Mm -hmm. And they go, okay, updating code. You know, that's the meme about NPCs. Right. Just downloading and boom. And, they, and they'll then adapt their behavior accordingly. They'll think it's normal to be rude or even violent to others around them who are not being new normal with them. Right. Um, and so what he's articulating there is, is how they would respond themselves. You and I would be shocked and notice it and go, okay, that's, there's a glitch here. Something's up. Uh, if we jump the gun, jump the shark, whatever the expression is, we will say, ah, he's in on it. He's, mm -hmm. and he's conniving. Mm -hmm. But more likely, more plausibly, he really is just Yeah, well, he wouldn't be on the BBC talking right. about it right. if he was a conspirator, right? Right. Or would he? Unless <laughs> we get into it. Uh, Some COVID news this week, actually. Um, do you see this one? Israeli study finds that they have updated the death toll of all the numbers of people who died in Israel from COVID-19 in the age bracket 18 to 49. And the number is, hang on, let me just check, do some calculations here. Um, oh, it's zero. Zero what? Yeah, zero young healthy people. Zero people died from COVID alone. Z zero, z zero young, healthy people. Yeah, as in they had some other illness. Yeah. They died with COVID. Yeah. Well, 
whatever. Um, I, <laughs> I, I. Does that not blow your mind, Joe? N- no, mainly no, because, because you were saying that the whole time. Yeah, like repeatedly, over and over and over and over again, and providing evidence that it was the case. But you know, whatever people can believe what they want, and obviously they do. Um, and but as and that that's always been fine for people to you know my truth, your truth, whatever. There is no the truth, um, and people get by on that, ha- have done for, you know, all of you, most of human history got, got by on that. But it seems now in the current um, global climate setup that believing whatever you want, and, and by that I mean really believing what the authorities say, can actually be become um, a, a serious health risk. Uh, I think COVID was, is, at least in, in its extent, it was the first time that 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 became very 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 true for um, for a large large number of people that were, where they believed um, the official narrative they believed what government and media said had serious um, negative uh, effects on their health and on their well being. Um, people can believe whatever they want about uh, any topic. You know, about the war in Ukraine, about China, about what's going on in the US, about what's going on in Europe, whatever they can make, and, it, and they just carry on. They say, I don't, I don't agree with what you said. You sound like a conspiracy theory to me, conspiracy theorist to me. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with official narrative, and they're fine. It doesn't, it doesn't impact them. They can, they can live that lie. As from my perspective, they can live that lie and live it out, and um, and it doesn't impact them whatsoever. But. COVID was the first example of how it can be dangerous at certain times. So it's much better to have to be sceptical and to think twice and be able to think for yourself rather than uh, just go with the, the official narrative because it seems that at least at certain times uh, it pops up in the minds of these people in positions of power and control in the world that they want to do harm to the people and that includes you. Sometimes they just want to do harm to a small uh, number of people but in the case of COVID they wanted to do harm to a very, very large number of uh, people uh, around the world, you know, billions, and um, and if you believe their narrative, then you were in the harm group. You were the group that, going, that, were, that were, was going to be and did get harmed. Of course, not everybody got. You know, very few people got directly seriously harmed um, psychologically, but a lot of people got psychologically harmed and didn't have a good time at all, and it, it seriously compromised their their sense of kind of mental health and and well being, and um, well. That would be an opportunity to kind of, and it did, like we've talked about this before, how it woke a lot of people up, you know, at least those who were able to wake up and able to smell the coffee in that respect and say, hang on, this isn't, there's something not right about these people and about what they're doing and I'm not going to trust them anymore and well done to them because that hopefully will serve them uh, in, in the event that something else comes along in the future of a similar nature. Um, but there's so many other people just double down on the official narrative and they've just set themselves up to be in even bigger shit if something worse comes along. And we've no reason to... That's the problem. Something something worse might not come along. That might be the end of it. They might not, might not bother with, bother us anymore. Uh, but can you really take that risk? Oh, uh, they're, they're coming. They're coming for us. Take that to the bank. Um, yeah, the problem is we have to share the world with people who... Um, who who miss lockdowns? 
who were so addicted to getting the job, they went <laughs> six, ten, twelve <laughs> times. Um, and then who think that Roger Waters is a Nazi. Yeah. Because he's acting like one as part of a show. Like, how do you... You, you you can live with them in the sense that you can hear what they're saying and then just, you know, shut it down, mm. shut them up, block them. If that's what I do, just block them. Um, but the fact is they're out there. And sooner or later they'll be uh, either telling you what to do mm-hmm. and shouting that you're a Nazi in the process. Um, and they'll be cancelling everyone, everyone, including Pink Floyd, from performing because quote, Roger Waters is a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not even, I'm, do you want to play that? I don't yeah. know if you want to talk about that. You do? Well. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's been some like, <clears throat> um, yeah, a couple of moves like <clears throat> that are good and bad on, on war fronts. So something happened last week that looked like it's going to end a 20, 30-year-old conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Putin hosted uh, peace talks between their two leaders with the first breakthrough since the two became independent countries after the fall of the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. With Armenia formally, at least orally for now, agreeing to recognize Nagorno-Karabakh as Azerbaijani territory. I thought that was interesting. That's one fire that looks like it might be put out mm. before it can be, um, before the Americans can pour kerosene on it and make it go, get any worse than it already is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then breaking news, basically this weekend, this is the bad development, it looks like, um, possible war on the horizon between Afghanistan and Iran. Um, I noticed this kicked off earlier in the week with the foreign minister of Iran saying, we're not going to recognize the Taliban government, Hmm. at least for now. And they cited something like, yeah, we don't like uh, that they don't let women and girls have an education. Hmm. Okay, that didn't sound like the real reason. And less than a day later, um, the Taliban are threatening to (laughs) to take Iran and there's footage of... All their, all that U.S. military equipment they inherited from Joe, Uncle Joe, um, on its way to border points between Afghanistan and Tehran, um, Iran. Now the region is like it's desert; it's pretty remote. But they did um, kick off. There is footage of them firing at a checkpoint. Yes, a remote place, but they killed two Iranian border guards. Um, this is supposedly footage of Taliban. Talibani mm-hmm. on the move. You can go ahead and play it there. There's no narration. Um, with, you know, U.S. cannons on U.S. trucks. Hmm. Okay. Uh, there's an AP report here that says three soldiers have been killed. That's just on the Iranian side. Um, you can stop that now, Damon. Thanks. Um, okay, so I'm like, what the hell? Where did this come from? Um, so the Associated Press says the clash comes as the Iranian president earlier this month warned the Taliban not to violate Iran's water rights to the Helmand River. 
Mm-hmm. So this is a war over water. But I looked into the issue. It's been... Um, we're talking about a 1970s-era treaty in which Afghanistan agreed to not dam the river so much so that some of the helmet could flow into a very arid part of Iran, eastern Iran. Um, again, though, it's decades old. Is that the real reason here for this to flare up? A water war? Um, possibly. This was theorized. Remember those Pentagon reports? Like, mm-hmm. you know, by 2020, the UK will be Siberia and there'll be wars for water. That was kind of like a predictions of doom around 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, Climate change will destroy us. Climate change will destroy it. Is is there some basis for that here? That is what the official um, Iranian position here is. That's why the Taliban hate us all of a sudden, because we're trying to get them to agree to old treaties, and they won't. Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, it could be. um, I mean... Well, we're waiting for that other shoe to drop. There's that one you're referring to. Now the Pentagon tells Bush climate change will destroy us. It's 19 years old. Secret report one. Secret report warns of rioting and nuclear war. Britain will be Siberian in less than 20 years. Uh, that didn't work out. Um, and threat to the world is great. The threat to the world is greater than terrorism. Uh, water is the one talking about water wars and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they gave those scenarios as well, but. That definitely could be something, but the way to, I think the way to tell whether that's the case or not, whether it's a situation, uh, a conflict over, over water, will be whether or not... Um, I don't think they're going to... Neither Iran or the, the, the Taliban would, quote-unquote, go to war over, over that problem, you know. Um, it would... If, if I don't think... I mean, if you see any kind of... The question is whether or not it's that or if it's something... If the Taliban or whoever this group is that have been having these skirmishes on the Afghan-Iran border are actually the Taliban or whether or not they're being put up to it by, you know, uh, the CIA, basically, uh, just to give Iran, um, you know, a problem because Iran's uh, obviously has, hasn't been flavor of the month for a very long time. Um in America, uh, especially not now in the context of Ukraine and the claims that Iran is supplying drones to Russia to use in Ukraine, etc., etc. So um, whether or not, you know, if it's, if, it's a, if it's a setup in a certain sense or if it's some kind of a, you know, attempt to put pressure on Iran, it would, by the CIA effectively, it would most likely be, uh, you'd see it as some kind of, some kind of terror attacks or something, because the Taliban really don't have the capabilities to wage a full ground war against Iran, right? It's it, it's not going to happen, you know. Uh, American weapons are no. Um, so, but all that material could give Iran problems. Yeah, the kind the same problems they've had along that border since right. the U.S. was occupying. Right um, after nine eleven. Yeah. We, it got me wondering, how is the Taliban funded? Because you remember that mm-hmm. Afghanistan's central reserve were withheld by the Biden government mm-hmm. and that they were distributed via NGOs back into Afghanistan. Okay, which ones and to who exactly? A um, couple of reports, recent reports, CNN, Taliban likely gained access to millions that the U.S. transferred to Afghan government before the collapse, mm-hmm. Watchdog says. I've still got a bit of a question about how they left. It looked bungled, rushed, etc. Was it, you know? Um, 
we'll see. We'll see. It, 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 because I wasn't the only one to have this thought when, when this border clash flared up. I'm like, okay, so that's why they left all that shit behind. It's to, it's to give Iran not a full ground scale war. They, they can't. They're too small versus Iran. And Iran, meanwhile, is testing like ICBMs. One this week they tested claims has a range of 2,000 kilometers. You know, mm-hmm. the Taliban we wiped out almost worse than what the US did to them if Iran was actually fighting them. Um, but here's another one, though. Um, this is NBC News last month, 19th April, quoting some. It might be the same watchdog, actually, uh, that's monitoring. The Taliban. The headline in NBC was U.S. taxpayers may be funding the Taliban and, and Afghan terror groups. This is after. So this is now, like post-U.S. vacation of the country. Um, so this is the guy who's head of this watchdog. Scroll down there. Sopco. Sopco. Scroll down so I can read some of that. Um, the head of the U.S. government watchdog for the war in Afghanistan said Wednesday that the U.S. may have provided billions in taxpayer dollars to the Taliban and Afghan terror groups since the withdrawal of American troops. But even he doesn't know the full extent of the problem. Unfortunately, as I sit here today, I cannot assure you that we are not now funding the Taliban. <laughs> Nor can I assure you that the Taliban are not diverting it from the intended recipients, which are the Afghan people. So America rolls. So the, the, there's this, there's such opacity still over Afghanistan that the guy who's in charge of finding out where the money's going doesn't know. So yeah, CIA. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, did they fully leave? I know they left Bagram Air Base, wow. but are they? Definitely not fully, no. There's still financial strings. We know at the very least because of the Afghanistan's reserves are still held in New York mm-hmm. and dispersed to the right people. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, it's too early. It's just a border shooting, but it was like, I think they attacked several sites all at once and it was very much unprovoked in that, um, at least Iranian media is reporting it as just, they just turned up and started firing um, at police, not at military, <coughs> at these border checkpoints. Yeah. So one to watch. Are you looking for, it's the 20th of May, uh, so in a few days it's going to be the 1st of June, you know what that means? Oh, D-Day. Default day. No, Pride The day at all. Oh, right, no. Just get no, your priority straight, Neil. D-Day. That doesn't, that doesn't get me excited. D-Day does, though. Default day? Yeah. That's not going to happen. No, I know. Janet Yellen this week says, yeah, so it was D-Day, but we pushed it off to June 5th. Yeah. And now breaking news today is that um, Speaker McCarthy and Biden have tentatively reached an agreement. Yeah. They're just to fucking with extend, people. Like, I know, they are. They just mess with people's heads, trying to no. mess with people's heads. I mean, what other reason could there be? I mean, it's like, look, we're, we're going to default on we're the We're doing dollar. really important things, you know, you, you know. I want everyone to remember why they need us, you know. I mean, you talk it all up like, oh, we might default in our debt, blah, blah, blah. And then, no, nah, I won't really. Like, we'll just say we, we might and we'll have this, you know, back and forth and how there's no agreement and, and increase some tension and angst and stuff. And then go, ah, oh, it's okay. We're, we're just going to, we're just going to, you know, change the numbers on the, in the funny money balance. And, um, yeah, it's interesting though, because like, I mean, someone, I can't remember which politician it was, someone, I can't remember who it was. Some American politician said, listen, uh, we don't have to service our debt. 
you can't think of the American debt or any national debt in the same way that you think of your debt, your credit card debt. It's not the same. You're going to die. America isn't. Right? <laughs> is that what he you're, said? You're pretty much. Right. You're one person, right? And you could die at any moment. And then your debt is what? Just left for someone else to carry the can? No, that's, you're not allowed. American debt, America's debt is different. America's is, is a national debt, right? And it's the entire American population that carries the weight of that debt. And the American population is always going to be there. Forever. Um, I'd like to see this quote. Do find it for me. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, that is what they basically said. That's what they said, yeah. Yeah, over and over. Uh, which not obviously is not something new. It's how national debt works, right, and why you can keep um, extending debt further and further. If you're America, no, the others can't. Argentina can't. Well, no. Yeah, Russia couldn't. 1998, yeah. they defaulted. Yeah. Um, the America US can. can. 34 every, trillion and growing. Everybody wants to Let's raise the debt ceiling. 40 yeah. trillion. Yeah. 50, 60. Yeah. Um, oh, before we get on to anything prideful and sinful, um, prideful mostly, uh, one more war possibly in the, in the brewing. This has been ongoing for a while, but there was a development this week. Serbia sent troops to, to, to its border with Kosovo. Yeah. After for the fourth local time police dispersed Serb protests in a kind of a pocket in the north of Kosovo, that's majority Serbian population, because they're trying to install ethnically Albanian mayors, and the people aren't having it. Protests, police crush the protests. Serbia sends troops. That could yeah. probably be the end of it. That's what happened a couple of months ago as well. Um, Meanwhile, though, there's rumors flying about a color revolution brewing in Serbia. That could be more posturing, though, by their leader, Vukic, because yep. he's trying to balance East versus West here, and it probably isn't easy. So, mm. um, oh, we should mention, uh, it's 5.30 our time. Any results yet in Turkey? The runoff of the Turkish presidential elections today. I think Erdogan's going to win. The guy, the guy who had five percent of the vote, the third place guy who, who dropped out in the, in the first one, he a week, about a week ago or so said, "Listen, his, his voters, he basically said you should support Erdogan." That other guy, that other grandpa, grandpa guy, we don't know enough about him. He's he's a he's an unknown quantity. So uh, go with Erdogan. So it, I, I thought know. he. You said he swung he, initially. Initially, uh, people were assuming that he would because he was anti Erdogan and, yeah, so he was and more lefty right and more lefty, basically. But then he came out and okay. uh, somebody somebody twisted his arm behind the scenes or something, or gave him a sweet thing <laughs> or something, and he said, "Yeah, go go there." <laughs> Meanwhile, Erdogan said, "Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I think this is a quote. I, I'm not going to look for it, but I saw a brief headline somewhere. Erdogan says opposition." Challenger is gay. Um, he's not, but that was apparently a slur that worked in his favor because Al Jazeera is working, um, reporting in its live updates as of now, 5.30 CET. Erdogan takes lead, early lead, with counting at, oh, oh shit, ballot boxes opened, 56%, and his lead is 55 to 44 yeah, it's kind of done deal. Yeah, he won. Um, another another statement from the campaign. Um, you know the guy Suleiman, the interior minister, mm. um, baldy moustache. Uh, I don't know his first name, Suleiman. 
um, this is the guy who <laughs> he's gone full anti-America. He, he says a speech in front of a crowd, like from a balcony somewhere. He's like um, warning people that if they don't vote for Erdogan, the United States is going to run this country. Yeah. He's got some some serious track record. In just the last year, Suleiman has said. Turkey rejects U.S. embassy condolences. Mm-hmm. That was for the 2002 Istanbul terror attack. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Americans were behind it. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Uh, two months ago, he said the whole world hates America. <laughs> and just a few weeks ago, he said to the U.S. ambassador, take your dirty hands off Turkey. Mm-hmm. And he's also said in the last year that the U.S. was behind the 2016 coup attempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Erdogan's their guy. No, he's not. No, well, he's he's been he's been explicit about his whole balancing thing. He's just reading from the multipolarity hem sheet, you know, yeah. Russian China's multipolarity hem sheet, which is listen, we got to balance our interests, and we're not going to uh, you know bow down to to anyone, you know. Um, yeah, the I think they're follow, they're basically they're following the usual pattern in Turkey, which is um, Istanbul and Ankara, or, you know, the urban areas, the major urban areas tend to be lefty, right, uh, as, as many cities are, uh, at least in the broadly western northern hemisphere, um, but then in the more kind of rural areas and Anatolia and stuff around the, in, in the centre, basically. So around the Mediterranean coasts and in the, in the major cities, you have uh, lefty, but in the centre the large, largely the center area you have um, um, Turks, uh, imperialist Turks, uh, Ottoman, who vote for Erdogan. Ottoman, Ottoman revanches. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So Pride Month. Don't know what that is. Don't know what it means. Doesn't mean anything to me really. Um, but apparently, it's a big thing in America. Um, uh, there was a, the only thing to say about it is that in advance of Pride Month, which is apparently begins on the first of um, June and is for a month, and when everybody has to remember, you know, to be proud. Uh, well, everybody has to be pro pro LGBTQ, etc., etc. Um, supposedly, uh, and forget that Pride goes before fall. Ah. Um, which is a very interesting uh, Pride Month. Is that anything to do with those pri- proud boys? No, that's not. That's a different kind of pride. No, deal. okay. Um, no, I need to read up on this. I, but I'm, there was just a bit of a bit of a bit of a furor in a certain sense, short-lived furor in the US recently with um, Target, which is a chain store that sells clothes and all sorts of different crap. Um, did basically rolling out? They rolled out across all the stores. They rolled out a Pride, you know, uh, clothes section. Uh, Banners, pride, rainbows, that kind of stuff, whatever that means, right? Um, to big up the gay community or whatever for Pride Month. but Rainbows colored stuff. Yeah. yeah, if you just click on the left one there, you can get a better view of it. It's They had, it goes, it, obviously it goes, pride is traditionally just homosexual, but this target obviously is, are starting to include or have included uh, tuck friendly construction and uh, on so swimsuits, uh, tuck friendly swimsuit was front front and center in the display. 
So that's what Target are selling. And I don't know who's making them. Maybe, Is that know. like a burkini? Are they made in China? Tuck friendly. I don't know. So it basically goes beyond homosexuality, which is traditional homosexuality, obviously, is just uh, gay, male gay and, and lesbian. Uh, and generally, gay men don't want to hide their 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 bits and pieces, you know. They, uh. They're usually swinging them around, right? Showing, every, <laughs> showing them to everybody at every opportunity they get, you know. Um, at least that's my interpretation of gay pride parades. Yeah, but anyway, we don't know. We just so hear, the talk, hear the rumors. We just hear the rumors. So talk, talk friendly is obviously um, is a is a is a would be a transgender thing, right? <clears throat> right. Um, where you want to pretend that you're not a man by tucking your tucking your <clears throat> your your junk. Your junk. Yeah. Transgender uh, is that like transvestite? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Except these yeah. days, obviously, as you know, it goes a bit further. So anyway, uh, there was a bit of an outcry about it, and people were protesting outside Target stores, and then Target backed down and basically started to remove a lot of stuff for for Pride. Um, like at least some, uh, they removed some of the LGBTQ plus merchandise ahead of Pride Month. So, uh, and of course, this follows on the heels of the Budweiser thing, and you know the the culture wars that uh-huh. the. the Culture, it's not even culture wars anymore. What is that? It's sexual, gender wars. I don't know. It's gender wars. Um, where you know, this at least in terms of transgender people, 0.2% of the US population, so a very small number of people who you know, I'm not saying they should be discriminated against, but they shouldn't be, you know, they're not enough, there's not enough of them to really make, make it a national issue, you know what I mean? But it's been made a national issue for some reason, you know what I mean? Because we want every single person who feels in any way. Uh, marginalized in American society to be promoted. Yeah. So forget about all the people who, you know, the majority of the population being, you know, white in America and then you have African-Americans and then you have Hispanics or Hispanics and then African-Americans um, who make up whatever that's maybe 90 plus percent of the population. Um, you want to go to the very ends of the, of the spectrum, you know what I mean? The, the tiny, less than 1% or 0. Point something percent. Look at those people and what their issues are, how they're not being represented and represent those people as well. More so than you would actually, almost almost more so than you would represent, at least in terms of the coverage you give them. You, you want to, it has, has to be positive discrimination in that respect, you know what I mean? Affirmative so, action. Affirmative action, exactly. That's, a, it's a, that's, that's the term. Yeah. So you got to shove this in a, you got to get the the big majority of of um, the people who of homophobic, you know, oh. racist, white and black and but mostly white Hispanic American. You got to get them to yeah, mostly white. All white supremacists. Most mo- mostly white supremacists. You got to get them to you got to shove it in their faces so that they respect the, these these tiny minorities in in the country, um, and you got to shove it down their throats basically and, and say I know you've got some of that unconscious racism or discrimination or bigotry in you and I'm going to get it out of you by force feeding you the values of these tiny tiny minorities and that's going to work out perfectly well especially yeah. if you're a business you know what I mean especially if you're like uh, trying to sell stuff to, to people like and obviously you want to you should in theory pander to the large majority of the population who don't want to uh, wear tuck-friendly swimsuits. Um, 
But anyway, that's that. So there's some hope in the fact that they seem to have backed off a little bit and seen a bit of sense. But who who came up with the idea in the first place that you know let's put in all our stores front and center as soon as people walk in, tuck friendly, you know, like basically swimsuits for men who want to hide their junk in their female women's swimsuits. Because like, obviously it's not it's not a pair of speedos, right? It's a swimsuit for men. Right. It's, it's, you have to actually think about it. Because like, when I first looked at it, I was like, what is that? It's a swimsuit, okay. And it's got a sign on that says, tuck friendly. It's a, it's a swimsuit for a woman that says, tuck friendly. Right. It just takes a little bit of thinking. Not a lot. Yeah. But, you know, God forbid if like any my... And if my older relatives had to, had to were confronted with that, you know, they would just be like, what? What does he mean? What the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> it just wouldn't, wouldn't get there. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so and that obviously comes in the heels of the whole Bud Light thing with that, uh, whatever that guy's name, that guy. Who, who, Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney. Who even knows his, her, its name. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, you keep up with the times. Bud yeah. Light. You know, putting his face, her, his face on their cans, and, and then people. I keep up, but I was just trying not to think about it too much. Yeah, your best. I just doing that, yeah. no, seriously. Like the, the next outrage comes along. Yeah, um, and then you'd be outraged with that. Twitter's yeah. a light. It's like yeah, I can join them, but you know, where's it? Where's it going to go? Mm. It's going to end up. I'm a white supremacist. They're just pure victims. Mm. Um, That's it. They're good. Do. I'm bad. Yeah, just go with that. If you enter that at all in your in your mind space, you know, and 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 what you put out into the world as well, and what you say and stuff, hmm. you're you're participating. In it they've already got you. Hmm. That's kind of my my way of a psychic healthy distance from it. You know, yeah. There are some things that I will weigh into. You know, injustices to people, hmm. um, war crimes and stuff. And even then, I have to pull myself back because, like you said, at the end of the day, we're dealing with a system, a matrix of lies where the people at the top don't give a shit about your feels. Mm. It's like that expression, you know. Right. They don't care about your feels, you know. It's all facts to them, economic numbers. And so how invested are you? Are you going to go all the way? Is your outrage going to be you're going to actually sign up and be a participant in a war or in this cultural clash? Mm. You know, you have to decide at what point am I like, okay, just, I'm done. Yeah. Um, but still, observe it, take note of it, see how bad it's got. For me, like, it's, it's, I couldn't even articulate it yet, but if I did start to think about it, somehow it's it bizarre in that it makes a sense that the end of Pax Americana would look and sound like this. Mm. Um, pride goes before fall. That's, you, you, you said it at the very beginning. It was actually my first thought too. Pride. What comes next? Fall. Uh, Ron DeSantis announced on Twitter that he was running, well, sort of, on Twitter. Ah, oh, yeah. And Musk obviously is a big Ron DeSantis guy. Musk is not a Trumper. Nobody can accuse him of being a Trumper. Uh, he thinks <coughs> Orange Man bad as well. Um, but so he's obviously behind the fact that he, you know, hosted uh, DeSantis um, DeSantis' announcement as running for president on Twitter. It was apparently had a lot of uh, technical hitches yeah. along the way. But anyway, um, he did that. And I think it's, and the way people are dividing now, you know, and I see it on Twitter, people like hitting on Trump, uh, pro, pro DeSantis. Um, 
people hating on Trump and vice versa. Obviously, it's pretty acrimonious between the two. And uh, I think it's it's setting up for my, my prediction still still holds out, you know. And watch it happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna be shoving that tweet that I probably made like I don't know probably seven or eight months ago um, about a, a hung election. Uh, I'm gonna shove it on people's faces. Not that I'm gonna notice, but I'm gonna show it on people's faces. Anyway. Anybody's face that I can find, I'm gonna show it in. Uh, but the, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But um, it would be awesome. Yeah, I think he's gonna need some help, DeSantis, to make a serious dent. On Trump supporters and his base, yeah, yeah, like they get that there's something there's something like um, inauthentic about him. Mm. But just look at this: he announces that he's running on Twitter. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use social media because that's what Trump did. Mm. Trump did massively. He did win the elections with social media in 2016. Mm-hmm. There was no contrivance about it. Mm-hmm. He didn't announce it on Twitter. Mm. You know, when I saw that, it was my first thought, oh, he's trying to do a Trump because that's what Trump maybe would have done. But mm-hmm. that isn't how it happened. It just organically happened that mm-hmm. way. People were sharing and his campaign got around media censorship mm-hmm. that way. Um, there's also the funding issue. I think I did a quick calculation. Um, DeSantis has... Something like thirty million dollar war chest left over from his campaign to run as governor of Florida. Plus, he got eighty million so far. I think um, either f- that's a combination of donations so far and from the GOP. Mm. And Trump's war chest so far is like thirty million, pure purely donations. Mm. So money is going to be a big factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be able to tell. I think depending on the official GOP nomination. Right. But that still may not be the end of the story because no. it depends on what Trump does next if they thwart him at that point. Mm-hmm. Same for RK Jr. Mm-hmm. He's, he's acting like a guy who gives, doesn't give any damn what the, the Democratic establishment says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, we'll, see, we'll see how much he actually you know walks the walk. But for me, it's either or which of them one or both gives two fingers to the establishment of each party basically doing a Bernie Sanders on them mm-hmm. next June we'll find out then and, then, run, and, run independent. and then running independent or new party platform or something yeah yeah. that's that's what I think could happen you know I'll have to wait and see but uh, we're talking about the split basically we're talking about the 270 electoral college votes not being reachable yeah. by, by any candidate by anyone so we Germany has officially entered a recession. Good. I'll teach them to cut themselves off from Russian oil and gas. Sort yeah. of. Even though they obviously, haven't really. Obviously, that's what caused it. Um, Kissinger turns 100. Awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, good. Okay. AI. What? AI. AI. Yeah. Turns 100. No, Kissinger. Yeah. Ah, he's not really there. No. His he's brain the has been uploaded to right. the Matrix. Yeah. And that's right. So he's going to live forever. He's first. <laughs> he volunteered. Uh, funny story from uh, India last week. I think we have to put this up. This is great news. This is the kind of stuff effectless leadership should do more often because it makes you laugh. When they're being evil and cunning and, you know, the effects are... God, they make you... 
it's like nails on a chalkboard. You just want to become an arsonist or something. Um, oh, that's the wrong word. Sorry. Let me find it here. And yeah. This is from RT, but I did check it and uh, it is being talked about in Indian media. <clears throat> um, so a local politician, well, headline, Indian official drains entire reservoir to find lost phone. Mm. Um, an Indian government official, supposedly a food inspector, <laughs> he was swimming in a reservoir dropped his phone or fell out of his pocket, I don't know what. Um, so he ordered that the entire reservoir be drained mm -hmm. in order to find it. <laughs> Enough water to irrigate 600 hectares of farmland. Uh, some good quality corruption right there. I like to see just in your That's face That's straight up, yeah, yeah. 2.1 million litres of water. Yeah to get your phone that's what you want though you want them to be so like you unashamed know, unashamed none of this fucking psyops of getting around of saying one thing over and over to your face and subtly implanting things into your subconscious you know this is what I'm really doing you know no, 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 just just be straight up give it to me straight yeah <clears throat> yeah um that's about all I got fit for. There's yep. an ongoing protest movement in Ireland. Watch this space. We've already mentioned it before. First time, though, in this entire episode. It's been going on for about a year. But in this year alone, there have been 125 protests against directed mass migration. Hmm. But they're, they're calling it in Ireland a new plantation, mm -hmm. which refers, of course, to the plantations of Scots and Eng Northern Englishers way back in the 1500s and 1600s into Ireland. People are starting to really feel like that. that's they see the hand, you know, the hand is revealed here and there where there are literally busloads of people put into usually working class neighborhoods mm. and put up in hotels and so on. To the extent that someone did a, a check and then they asked an official government question of the prime minister last week and um, they had the numbers and they said there are 57,000 hotel or B&B beds in Ireland. Am I right, Mr. Prime Minister, that... 37,000 of those are currently occupied by people who have arrived on a plane with no papers at Dublin Airport. Mm. And uh, it's true. It's, 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 it's crazy. Like, can you imagine like two-thirds of the entire hospitality industry is currently housing mm -hmm. refugees? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the first time, the only development that's worth mentioning is that the first, for the first time, there was a mainstream media poll of people. Mm. And this is one Leo Varadkar can't ignore. Because you remember he ignored his mm. own government's, um, what do they call it, a type of poll where they just try and canvas people at random. Yeah. But it's a select group. This is an open poll mm. responded to by people and then published by the media. That's mm. different. 75% are against it. Hmm. Well, they just have to change their and opinion. The government just calls them all far right, far right. They're far all far right. And so people have responded this funny memes in response right if we're all far right yous are all far wrong <laughs> here it is Sunday Business Post three out of four think Ireland has taken too many refugees yeah. and that's Ireland is a small wee country five million people yeah 125 anti-immigration protests yeah 
in just five months. The problem is too, there's too many high-paying jobs, too many high-paying high, high tacky, tacky kind of jobs provided by America because Ireland has bought up a lot of American debt and returned the, um, well, or the other way around. America, Ireland got a lot of investment from America in terms of major corporations setting up in Ireland. Ireland, in turn, buys a lot of American debt, something like fifth or sixth most in the world versus a small country. Um, and then the problem with that is that there's nobody who wants to do any of the... Um, the crappier jobs anymore, right? Because they're all getting high-paid jobs, and um, and they bring in. The, they see the government at least says, "Listen, there's loads of scope here for bringing in migrants to do the lower-paid jobs, so we're going to bring them in to keep all you Irish, you know, Celtic Tiger, uh, all you living high in the high in the hog type thing uh, to keep you all in the in the conditions that you've been uh, you've been accustomed to uh, from our awesome government policies." That sold Ireland down the Swanee to American business interests. So suck it up, y'all wanted it. This is this is this is when you have to pay the piper. I see. United Ireland's going to be brown with rainbow flags. Brown, brown with rainbow flags. There and you go. There's your United bikinis you can tuck, tuck, tuck friendly bikinis, rainbow flags, and and uh, yeah. Not red-haired, anyway. Um, and black leprechauns. Black leprechauns. With red beards. Yes, exactly. Anyway, on that uh, bizarre note, we'll, uh, I think we'll, <laughs> we'll leave it there for this week, folks. Uh, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for commenting. Uh, we'll be back next week with another one. Don't forget to like all the likey things. Um, yeah, have a good week. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching. Bye. Can't stop the signal now. Mm-hmm.